Welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. When I say personal, I mean really, really personal. Like they're going to share things in here that they haven't shared anywhere else. Today, I had one of my favorite people, uh, Dr. Chris Zeno. And he's definitely an expander. And I mean, we talked all things personal, all right? We talked about sex. We talked about microdosing on mushrooms. We talked about his morning routine. We even talked about first questions you want to ask when you're on a date. I mean, it got juicy. So be sure you watch all the way to the end because he actually goes through a mindset process in which he was able to buy his Ferrari, like the process of that took. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. And one of the things that I was reminded of as I spoke with Chris was this power of tapping into abundance without the hustle. I mean, imagine that, right? There's uh, This is something that I teach inside of Elevate Club, which if you're not a member at this point, you'll want to check it out. Go to elevate.me, E-L-I-V, A-T-E dot me. And, uh, you know, we've been taught through religion, culture, society, just overall the freaking matrix that a good life requires hustle. It requires hard work and it requires struggle and sacrifice. Well, that just ain't true. And trust me, I did all of that. We talked with Chris about this. We've all done it. A lot of us have done it. And I won't go back because once you realize that you are worthy of a good life, then your life gets grand without the hustle, the hard work, the struggle, and the sacrifices. So listen into today's episode as we dive deep into this concept and so many other juicy um, topics. So be sure that you subscribe, you share, you engage, write a review, all the things. And um, definitely check out Elevate.me. I am sure the link is in here somewhere. Enjoy today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors. And today I have an amazing guest. It's a secret. Yes. I have one of my favorite, not just chiropractors, but favorite people. Um, He's an expander, Dr. Chris Zeno. He is a speaker, an author, entrepreneur, former Mr. America, Mr. Universe, IFBB pro bodybuilder. I mean, he's an all around rock star. After defying a deadly terminal disease in his late 20s, which some of you may have heard his story. Dr. Zeno leveraged this experience to get his doctorate and becoming one of the largest wellness clinics in the world. Uh, And he was seeing thousands of people uh, in his office. I had the privilege of visiting his office. He's definitely an expander and kind of expanded my consciousness, but enough about me. He also has this project called I Am Hero Project. um, And his mission is to resurrect heroes from this complacency of their secret uh, identities so that they start to live their heroic lives again. He's got a four-step methodology called Hero Rises, and currently Dr. Zeno is one of the top leaders internationally in regenerative 
medicine with a focus on male vitality. Well, welcome, Chris. I know. Geez, all that stuff. All that stuff. And that's the stuff we remembered. You know, I like the whole concept of the show because I just love it. I love it. I'm so, uh, I'm pumped that I'm on. This is good. We always have good talks. So whoever's watching or listening, always good stuff flows from this. And this is probably one you're going to have to listen to or watch several times. And I think that's good. Totally. Yes. And I'm so excited to have you because you and I have done some projects together in the past. And like you said, we kind of go in the flow. So it's going to be really, really fun. We're going to learn some secret things about Dr. Chris Daniel. I'll go full transparent. I mean, you know, you could ask what you want. You might not like to hear the, some of you guys might not like the answers, but I'm always about full transparency uh, because it's free. It's free. It's very freeing. And I'm at the point in my life where if I can't be me, I can't be free. And I'm unapologetic. It was funny. Like just recently, you know, we always talk about that. I'm going to be more myself, be more myself, but uh, it really clicked this month where I'm like, wow, like I am not going to kind of like, you know how, like when we talk to someone, we might not necessarily hide things, but don't draw uh, even attention to it, thinking that they may approve or not approve. And you're like, wow, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like, I just got to be straight out and open. And this is the things I like to do, don't like to do. I'm going to do this or not do that. And just like right off the bat. And it's so free. And because I, you, I, we tend to do that. Like, we'll let people in on it. But um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what is our full expression? What do we enjoy doing unapologetically? Like with yeah. no apologies. And I just think it's a perfect uh i think it's what you do is perfect so yeah i mean you could go i'll make this as controversial as you want but yeah i'll i'll, I'll be 100 percent honest with you guys and and um hopefully you guys if anything will get uh inspired to be able to be uh transparent as much as possible regardless of what other people think napoleon hill said was one of the biggest six fears was fear of what people thought right so i think uh you know and in, in secrets uh, we tend to hold those things in secrets and things that we hold in the dark are the things that usually hold us back. So yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm pumped. This is great. Right. And, and it's, it's interesting you bring that up because it came up for me just yesterday. And I wrote this to my friend where I told her, I said, the more I become, sometimes it's also about discovering who you are. Right. There's some ideas you've packed on and you don't really know who you are or what you mm-hmm. want. The more I discover who I am and the more I tap into it, the more magnetic I become. Well, and yeah, yeah. I think it's it's you. It's raw. Exactly. Yeah. No, for, for yeah. real. I, I um, So it's not about hitting the gas. Sometimes it's about taking her foot off the brake. You ever oh, think of that? Uh, Did you get that? Everybody's, so sometimes not hitting the gas, it's taking your foot off the brake. And what the brake is, is just the stuff you hold back from yourself. Like you think you need to do more. It's about like just, t- just taking your foot off the brake sometimes mm-hmm. and uh, getting to like almost the effortless way. Um, you know, that's, there's some concepts called the effortless way. And a lot of the, like Nona said, there's a, a lot of uh, paradigms and stuff or stories that we believed or we built upon and they're not, they're kind of illusions. And uh, money was one of them. You know, we did a thing on money. A lot of people have money stories, you know, mm-hmm. um, I used to be told Nona that, um, in fact, chiropractic, BJ Palmer even said in there that uh, the path of least resistance makes men and rivers crooked, you know, where like saying like, if you just didn't make a straight line, like just, but then, you know, I learned the other day, it flipped in my mind, like universal law is universal law. So 
the universe is all about things being the most efficient with the least amount of effort. Think about that. Like the reason why water flows and it's all crooked and shit and it's not a perfect straight line because that's the past of least, least effort and it's the most efficient and it's the fastest. And that's the universe's law. So I was like, oh my God, here, like I thought I had to, you know, eat bland and suffer and be in like a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, a tormenting martyr myself. <laughs> thinking that, you know, I was, you know, maxed out, embraced the shit. All the, what all these gurus who just pay for their followers just preach out there. It's all about anger. It's just a lot of anger behind it. You know, it's like eat shit, hustle, grind, um, embrace the, embrace the shit as, as something dot, dot, dot with the word as, uh, as fuck on the end of it. Right. Um, what else? Uh, max out one more. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's coming from such a negative, angry state. And it's such an unquenchable thing where everybody's out there and they feel that they're lazy. They feel that they're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not efforting. It's a fly against the window. Remember we talked about the fly okay. against the window. And when people realize, guys, it is unquenchable. It's going to come to a point of burnout. You'll never feel you're good enough. And then in that angry, vibrative state of contraction, you can't grow. You can't expand. And it's going to lead to visceral disease, cancer being one of them. That's, you know, the anger or heart, heart disease, anger, all these, you know, guilt, shame. Just think all that stuff makes you feel like you're not like, uh, I'll speak the name David Goggins. It's all about embracing the suck. It's like, really like what kind of fucking life that's like, that doesn't lead anywhere. But um, when you realize that we were created in love, right? So I wasn't created in hustle, discipline, suck. Uh, actually, no, no, I was created in love. So it's about going to that source and love is expansive. Love is least effort. Love is efficient. Love is fast, you know? And um, one of my mentors that I, you know, I always hire mentors and stuff, young guys, you know, 34, but very successful. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, grind, the word grind, we got to do the grind. He's like, you can never grind something bigger. He's like, just think about the word grind. Like you can't grind anything big. When I grind something, I'm degenerating. I'm, I'm wearing it down. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. So sometimes you just need that. Like ugh. you cannot grind something bigger. I cannot expand and grind at the same yeah. time. Like being chiropractors, like when there's grinding on a joint, <laughs> you know what that looks like on an extra. It's like, holy shit. But we're taught to do all these things. And I feel there's a movement about making people feel that they're not good enough. They're not doing enough. And I get it. If you tend to be a little bit lazier, it's good for you to get things going. But I think this, uh, the sustainability of redlining your life and never feeling good enough and feeling that you're not eating shit enough is, uh, uh, you know, I don't, it's not the key. It's not the key to happiness. And most importantly, it's going to, it's going to lead in frustration, which is very, very, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad to see it. So recently that's kind of been going to be my mission too, is to go against the big guys. And I love them. And I think they, they're doing, they're helping a lot of people, but Almost saying, hey, listen, almost that uh, I don't I don't think that I don't think that message is foundation, right? Your foundation of because everything that you said, the foundation of it is you have to sacrifice to dot, dot, dot. You have to suffer to dot, dot, dot. You have to struggle to dot, dot, dot. And if you take that foundation away, then everything, almost everything we believe about health, wealth, Mm. area of connection, pretty much you know, falls down. Um, and, and so totally a hundred percent, the hustle overrated. Like, no, like when you love to do something, 
the act of doing it is the reward. So I don't have to tell you to discipline or eat shit or put the hours in. It's like, you love it. And, and even that one thing, when people say the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. We heard that as well. Mm -hmm. No, not for me, not for people. I know it's like, I'm really, I'm really lazy and shitty on some stuff. Like I'm, I'm getting some certifications in certain financial things just so I can have more skills and Nona, it sucks. I'm watching these videos fall to say like, this is not the Crisano, you know. Right. No, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm absolutely a baby. Okay. Cause I hate it, but I got to get the piece of paper. Right? right. Well, I want to, I choose to, but it's like, but you find something I love to do or I'm into no, no, like this, we could do this for hours. So it's like, I'm not embracing shit and hustling and grinding. I'm like, I'm loving this and expanding this with you. So I, I think these little things we're hearing that are great memes and it's, it, but no one's thinking. Right. No one's thinking. They're repeating, but they're not thinking. Yeah. And uh, and I think that comes from just in, you know self awareness and introspection and questioning yourself and your motives and the vision of who you wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so let's do it. So, so that was our intro. <laughs> that was just the intro. We're just getting started. <laughs> So here's the thing, uh, Chris, I saw a picture of you on Instagram. You posted it. Somebody had asked you, well, have you always been this buff? And you were like, you showed a picture of your 13-year-old self. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cute. And I, and I wanted to ask you, and this is a question I am curious about all of my guests on the show. It's like, what was Chris like as a four-year-old, as a five-year-old? Like, how were you like as a baby or as a kid? And how has that um, shaped who you are right now in the ways that you are or aren't right now in today's world. Oh, beautiful. Oh, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to have a, a syndicated show with those questions. Um, four years old. I was raised like an only kid. Yeah. Yeah. I had a Brady bunch family, but everybody was much older than me. So I was raised like an only child, very to myself, um, kind of uh, emotional kid, you know, eight for, you know, I was, I was around a family that ate all the time. So got a you know, got close to the Husky section. So I knew, you know, a little self-conscious about that. And then it, I, uh, I became very introverted, very insecure, very quiet. They used to call me mouse. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't talk, you know, my parents loved me. They adored me. They had wise older parents. There was nothing they did to make me feel, you know, I don't need to be on a therapist's couch about my parents at all. They were together the whole entire time. Like, amazing, wonderful people, but it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter what your mom says about you. It's, it's, it's trauma of things that you put on yourself. So very introverted, uh, wouldn't talk to girls, nothing like that. Um, horrible, horrible, very, very like, you know, it's very sad. You know, I went back and like, kind of examined my younger self yeah. inside and it was, it was really, uh, it was really sad. I played the piano. Right. So I did some type of performing. Uh, but it was me, but always hard on myself, you know, made it always hard, always hard on myself. And, um, you know, I want to be like my dad. So my dad, he worked out and, you know, I played with He-Mans and GI Joes. And back then, I don't know if people realize, like, if you look at the action figures today versus the action figures before the action figures, like in the eighties and nineties, they were built. And so to make things, uh, Barbies were perfect and He-Mans were beautiful. So today they make things more acceptable, like chubby Barbies and <laughs> tiny, uh, t- tiny He-Mans. Uh, but you know, I wanted to be, um, I want to be a, I want to look like my dad. I want to be built because for me, I think that was like if I create this out uh, exterior shell, 
I would get confidence. People would like it. I would be admired, you know? So it, it was uh, me running away from uh, me hiding and run away and, and doing that. And, and I realized when I did start working out, I started getting attention right from uh, this was in high school. So it was something I responded to started getting attention and it was nice. I was getting attention. I was being seen. Isn't this crazy? I was being seen. But I realized because I still had those same feelings and self-esteem issues and vulnerabilities that, you know, the outside was changing, but the little kid was still hurt and insecure on the inside. So I was still quiet, reserved, didn't date anybody. I mean, I lost my virginity at, was I 18? She was 21. I lied about my age. Um, yeah, I was, I, I mean, I had no real long-term girlfriends. Uh, it was... Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty ruthless until around 21, 22, when my father passed away. Mm. And I went, to a, a, then I went through a phase. I went through a good partying phase. Then I, I entered uh, every drug you could think about, partied, hanging around with the wrong crew. They were still good people, but wrong crew. And I, people, they weren't, it, just, it was a different crew and, uh, and kind of expanded myself um, just around different people, expanded myself sexually and uh, in just different areas of my life. And I was able to use uh, that as well to kind of over time mend and, and come to a point of really discovering who I was, where I liked, you know, allowed myself to enjoy things, allowed myself to enjoy feelings yeah. and, and went from there. And then, uh, then I got sick, like you said, mm-hmm. at 25, got ulcerative colitis. Let me go back just for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go back. So just stop me. Let's go back for a second. Was it back then? Was it the hustle that got you out of like the sad uh, environment of like, I'm, I'm not talking to girl, like you got into working out, right? Like I remember you told the story of like, you got the, the, the working out, I forget what it's called, but like the. Work- yeah. It looked just like that. Exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Jesus. What are those things called? It's Trophies? like. No, no, your um, your workout machine that your dad got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got me that. Uh, so they, we moved from New York to Florida. Yeah. So my dad brought my. I used to say my parents brought me. They were, they were moving. What the hell I was going to stay in New York? So my dad's like, listen, you you know you're going to be twelve. So you know I was I always want to look like my dad. You know, so yeah, he's yeah. built. And so they're like, we're building a house and we'll put a gym in your room. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So he got me that, uh, he got, got me like a little uh, universal gym in the room. and Universal gym. There you go. I loved it. Like it was something I could put everything into. And I got, again, I, and then it gave me attention. It gave me feedback. It gave yeah. me, I was seen. Probably I got attention. Yeah. So I, so when I, when I was seen, I got attention, Nona, then I went all in on that is because who doesn't like to be noticed, seen and attention? A hundred percent. So was that, was that hustle that ultimately got you the validation? Like if you look back during the, when you were 12 or 13, was that the hustle? No, no. Um, the hustle came because I liked the attention, Uh uh, the admiration so much that again, because it was such a positive thing, the working hard, all that stuff was uh part of it like i didn't even think it was called hustle it was just like oh my god like i'm getting some i'm I'm being seen shit so i'm gonna do whatever it takes and so then the discipline and stuff came in but i stay if i because i still had a a negative self-image of myself there was that martyring aspect so when i competed i always did more cardio and dieted harder just um to feel that I was worthy enough of winning that okay if I do this then I deserve it not I was very non I didn't think I deserve things 
So, you know, I can make things, things could have been a lot easier to do and which they, they are. Yeah. Uh, but I felt I had to work harder to earn it. Like it, the whole thing, the work hard and the hustle was yeah. not to appease people. It was to, it was to punish or to prove or, or to, uh, it was to show myself that I was worthy of that. So right. the, the prize couldn't be easy to right. me, which yeah. it should have been. It's like, no, like, cause I was so down on myself, self-value, self-esteem and self-worth. I felt that if I punished myself and earned it, this is all my illusion. Then it would be, I would be worthy of it. It was right. just, I had big worthiness issues. So the hustle and drive was to, uh, was, was for me to almost, somewhat sabotage or punish myself knowing that when I did achieve it, it like I, I deserved it or it was, right. I was finally worthy of it. But if I wasn't, if I didn't make it, I wasn't worthy, which supported my, my, uh, my story. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like kind of going back to what we started the conversation with is the foundation of, I got to suffer in order to dot, dot, dot. Now, what it did do for you, though, it gave you discipline at the time and oh, yeah. on into your entire life. So I'm curious, and this is a question we get all the time uh, of mentors and leaders in our profession or in general entrepreneurs that are super successful. What does a day in a life of Chris Zeno look like starting with your morning routine? Like run me through what that yeah, looks yeah. And, and before you go through the motivating factor, the discipline came from the motivating factor of um, fear of losing, fear, fear of failing, fear of failing, and right. fear of losing momentum. So even into practice, you know, I had a dark side during practice, and, and the dark side was fear of losing momentum. You know, so I was fear driven. That's where my discipline came from, mm-hmm. because if I didn't, then I would lose momentum. Mm-hmm. Like you follow what I'm saying? So it was like I wouldn't say I'm disciplined. It just I was driven by um, fear to a point that it created action, massive action. But look at that. I mean, no wonder my body was breaking down. No matter why I was in pain, no matter why I was sick. Like if you look at pictures of me at 35 versus 45, I look like a different person, like way better, way younger now. Not because it's just because shit. It's because I put so much pressure on myself to, because I did not want to lose momentum. It was, it was, uh, but, but see, it was useful though. I got an end result. So the thing I I think I was able to get in results, but like we said, there was a more efficient easier, effortless pass, enjoyable to get there. But I felt I had to be, I was a fly on the window, trying harder, trying harder, not knowing there was a door open that I could easily, but that would have been too easy. I wasn't deserving of the easier way. If I, if I was able to break through the glass and hustle and work hard and like, it was almost like in Catholicism, what do they call like a purgatory, you know, like we're just, I gotta like do all this stuff. So here's the morning routine. So we'll go to this. So um, wake up at 425. I wake up. I'll, uh, I'll go do about 20 minutes of cardio, just walking. And I listen to a life, my life script, right? Mm-hmm. So you maybe put a link to this. Yeah. No, no. I talked about life scripts, a life script, you know, I write out it's the life, a life script is the day in the life of me. Like I'm telling you now in the wish fulfilled. I mean, the wish fulfilled, my goals, my dreams, my vision. There I am in the wish fulfilled. Nona says, hey, Chris, what have you been doing today? How was your day? I'm like, great. It started off. And, and I have a life script of telling you the day of the life of my, my goals achieved. So I'm coming from the place of the, of the wish fulfilled. Okay. So that's a life script. So I wrote. I have a question on that yeah. one because I do the life script too. And yeah. I like read it every morning yeah, and yeah. every night. 
do you do, when you say you listen to it have you recorded yourself yes that's you- what i was gonna tell awesome. now i recorded it nona it's 22 minutes long. It yeah. And, and it's good because as you're saying the stuff to yourself, like you have, yeah. to, I feel like when I read it, I don't have time to, I have to like really pay attention. But when right. I'm listening to it, I have time to actually feel what it feels like to live the uh, wish fulfilled also. And not only when I'm recording it, it's like, I'm recording it. Like I'm talking to you. I'm like, no, no, That's you hard. are. So yeah. it's me telling me. Totally. Love it. Right? So, so that's 22 minutes. So instead of what I used to usually watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts, but for the little bit of cardio I do just to keep my heart, you know, pumping and sweating, um, I just, the life script does it 22. So that's that life script. And then, like we said, we could always edit the life script. It's that. And so I'm going to probably go back and get things a little bit more detailed or take some things out. So I do the life script, then I come home, then, uh, so this is fully transparent. All right. So, and then I take, uh, <laughs> All right, fuck it. We're doing it. So I come home and on uh, five days a week, I do this five days on two days off. I take one gram of psilocybin mushrooms. So mm-hmm. I take that. Uh, I want to try one gram at first, but my body is, I'm a, I wake up during anesthesia. So my body metabolizes things real quick. So I take one gram of mushrooms and that's just you that's five the, days a week. Yeah. It's a microdose for me. And yep. I know people think it's like, no, it's for me. It is. Yeah. And yeah. And then I do that. So microdose, they, and I have I come home, have celery juice with ginger, put the microdose in there. Boom, we're ready to rock and roll. It activates it. And then I get the coffee enema going, you know, to, to purge out the liver toxins. And that's when I start, I do my reading. Okay. So uh, right now I'm reading Course of Miracles in that period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. So it's very good. That's a lot of stuff we talked about today. It really opens up your eyes on illusions and stuff like that. And you then go back coffee enema. You do it every day, five days, every day, every day, seven. Yeah. Every day, every day, every day. And when I go on vacation, I bring a, I bring a, a disposable um, bucket with me too. And I just go to whole foods and I get like the cold brewed organic coffee and you know, there you go every day. And then people are like, don't you become uh, dependent on it? No, you don't. Absolutely. That's bullshit too. And I do it. It's a life changer. It's absolutely crucial. In fact, no, no, I, that's one of the things I definitely want to like build a company, right? Because I'm just such an advocate of it. Hmm. It's in fact, I talk about that on all first dates that I go on. I have to get it out. Like, let's get this shit out. Right. right. I go, what's Literally. the weird, I go, what's the weirdest thing you do? And they'll tell me some, I'm like, I stick coffee out of my ass. And like, if they could get through that, but and usually every girl I go on a date with, they wind up except one or two. They they're doing it and they love it. And so even though it's but like it's yeah. the best thing that happened. So that's awesome. That's uh, a yeah, good yeah. breaker. Yeah, I guess. Listen, I don't have time to waste here. Like you either, yeah. you know, are you vaccinated? Yes or no? Right. And, right. And, I'm making a list of all these things when I go oh, date. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. here's yeah, my. Yeah. Are you vaccinated? Can you yeah, do yeah. coffee enemas? Okay. Yeah. All right. What happens next? Then, then after that, I'll meditate. I'll listen to Joe Dispenza's uh, his morning meditation. It's twenty four minutes, and again, it's very his twenty four minute morning routine what? is. Uh, it's the morning routine. It's twenty four oh, minutes. Routine. Okay. Yeah. A.M. and P.M. Uh, the twenty four minute one is like you you know you get in state, you get bad, and then it's talking about wish fulfilled. You know, what's it look like? What's it feel like? So it's again, it's again more of that. And then I I have my I see the same vision every single morning because the vision I have in the morning, like it's you get to the vision and what, what I'm seeing in my mind already means the wish is fulfilled. Mean that so if I'm driving my sports car to an airplane hanger and Titus is in the seat and Justice is behind me dri- driving a G-Wagon and we're getting on a satin black 
jet plane, it already means my goal is achieved. And then hearing Titus, hearing Justice going, dad, this is sick. And going, I like, and talking to the pilot, like this whole thing, like for this scenario to happen, all those goals had to be achieved. Right. So I, I visualize that after that, um, after that, because you do the coffee and I do the meditation, then I do ozone therapy. So mm-hmm. ozone therapy is where you super oxygenate the body and that helps kill viruses, everything like that. And super oxygenate your body. After that, take a shower. Then, uh, by, by then a little bit more reading, amazing breakfast of uh, eggs and rice. And then I, then I would go to work. This is Monday. You know, you know, if I have work, if not like today, I'll get on uh, now consulting calls with people over the world on the stem cell and regen med stuff or the hero stuff. Mm-hmm. Then let's say it's a work day, go to work, uh, at work, adjust people, uh, uh in the afternoon, then go work out in the afternoon and then uh, come home from work, uh, working out. I'll do, I have another hour to read. Now I work on another book I'm reading. Like, so if I'm reading another book, I'll do that. I'm mm-hmm. actually reading a, uh, uh, with the Regenerage, the male vitality regenerative medicine, you know, we deal in the stem cells and the hormones, everything like that. But for men, I think, remember I told you this, like I want a man, a lot of men that come to us, their dicks don't work. They got neuropathy. They just, men are like, they're in bad shape. And so when it comes to sex, you know, it's weird. Like dicks don't go out of style. Guys want to be porn stars. But the issue is I'm like, well, that's the problem. It's like, I could get your stuff working again. You know, we could reverse the neuropathy. The stem skulls could resurrect literally their, their manhood uh, where they don't need any medications to go. But so the tools are working, but have you ever, have you ever been educated on taught on how to truly um, open up a woman and allow her to Phoenix into her power into, into like, like, like actually doing it for her, yeah. not pile driving. Like you see in porn, because a lot of men get their right. sex education from porn, which is come, coming from a male perspective, not a female. Right. So we have a sex, a sex coach okay, or sex biohacker that, that coaches with the guys as well. And so uh, he wrote a great book. So I'm reading that. And I mean, like good stuff that guys need to know mm-hmm. uh, just for the woman. It's, it's, it's all, all for you, you ladies out there. And uh, just cause I want, I'm, I want, I want men to be able to embrace, like they want a great life. It's really allowing their, their partner to raise up and open up and feel comfortable and safe. And, and uh, even Napoleon Hill said when a, when a, a male and female are highly sexed together and have a great sexual relationship and they feel safe and they could explore and all these things, they could sexually transmutate and they say, and he literally says, and they reach a level of genius. And mm-hmm. I really think that's very important. And we could talk a whole thing about women being suppressed, even from the f- first damn book of the Bible saying that Eve fucked up, mm-hmm. which is like, if you think about it, and that was my ayahuasca thing. I know I'm digressing, but no, no, all this stuff. Ooh, about we're going to have to come back yeah, and yeah, yeah, like yeah. a part two. But yeah. But all that. So anyways, that's work out, sex. book. Just on the sex yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. On that. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's a not. whole session on that. Yeah. And then come home, you know, eat, you know, I'm eating my meals and stuff like that. And then at night, then I'll, uh, I'll catch up on some work or, or things I'm doing. Like I, so I, I, I have, you know, I compartmentalize different things and I go to bed around 10, you know, mm-hmm. or 10, actually probably 11. So. Okay. Okay. But that's the morning routine. I know you want to hear the morning routine. The morning. Oh, no. Morning you know, all the way. You did great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So here's the, here's what I really want to know. What pisses you off? What upsets you? What frustrates you? What (laughs) annoys you? Oh, that's good. Um, it's tough because I, 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 I've been practicing not to be pissed off that now I have to like go back into that. So, um, or annoyed sometimes. No, no, no. I, I think, well, I could tell you what annoys me recently. Um, 
courtesy. Mm. Little things. Nona, how was your day? You're going to tell me what? It was great. And then you follow up with Chris. How was your day? How was yours? Yeah. Little stuff like that. Okay. I think it's so important. So that it's coming from entitlement or narcissism. I don't appreciate it. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to judge, so I can't judge, but it's like, I, I'm realizing how nice someone being courteous is. Mm, it just, perfect. even if you don't, you know, just nice. Just it's great. How are you? Yeah. How was your day? Or, um, so being courteous too was what we talked about. I think there's a dogma of hustle grind. Like the, the big sin of the world today is just ignorance. It's mm-hmm. not being aware. All right. That's the fucking problem. It's not being in tune with yourself or your emotion. Mm-hmm. But what we tend to do because we to feel our emotion, to go there, it, uh, it takes work and allowing you to go to some place that was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What I'm starting to see is people, instead of going what they really need, which is getting to yourself to receive love. How about that? Like, that's what I realized love was a give and take. Right. Like, I, no, no, if you're not receiving my love, I can't give it because it makes me, I can feel the resistance. So this dance isn't there. So if you can't receive or allow yourself to receive love and, and, and passion and joy, and if you can't receive, it's like you're cutting off this beautiful dance that's going on. Right. And what tends, instead of being able to learn and feel emotion, because guys were told, you know, you can't feel emotion. Uh, some women, when they get vulnerable or hurt or have trauma, they cut off themselves or distract themselves. So what do people do? Instead of going there to learn how to feel the emotion and like sitting in and saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm feeling this energy going through me. People are running to these fucking people that are making them robots. So this is where we read, then they start reading Navy SEAL uh, books. And shit to totally make you a machine, right? Extreme ownership, embrace the shit, you know, like, don't be a pussy, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, did you really need a book on discipline? You know, what you're doing is you're shutting off your emotions even more. You're running away from actually saying, okay, I'm going to feel and, and, and discover myself some more. I'm going to feel. So that's what I'm starting to see is people are just like becoming robots yeah. And the the uh, the intimacy, and this is intimacy between men and just the state of intimacy where people right. could connect, is being blocked off. Because we, what do we do? We distract with social media, right? So we, so instead of staying in, in ourselves, we distract in social media. You go on there, and and all you see is right, wrong, good, evil, judgment, guilt, shame, jealousy, coveting, right, mm-hmm. insecurity. So that makes you. So that gets our. Then you distract into this like I got to grind, discipline, hustle, and become this machine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I see this, yeah, yeah. And I see the females and you're really good at it. This is why I wish you would really talk about this some more, this subject, maybe you, you would at some time, a lot of females, like to be a boss, babe, which I totally put you in that category, but you're still sensitive and caring and loving. Like you're able to be extremely feminine mm-hmm. where I feel a lot of women, they feel boss, babe means setting into their masculine. Yeah. And not only is it absolutely, um, exhausting, but you're, you're li- the female, they're limiting themselves to fully being the most magnificent creation they were created to be by getting into a masculine and trying to compete, you know, like that. So I just think I'm seeing a lot of people like distract their emotions to become robots. And it's becoming, uh, that frustrates me because I can't connect with that person. I think human connection is so fucking amazing. 
Like that's when I travel and I have experiences, what I remember, it's the human connection on such a level. And I mean, and it's a shame that human connection has to come from people taking drugs or ecstasy or like, to, like, or drinking a lot. Right. So why do people have to do that to like allow themselves to come out? But let me tell you, like, that's what I've found. I, I so admire and enjoy even a moment of human connection where people could be vulnerable and transparent and uh, emotional or, or be able to share emotions. That's such a beautiful thing. So what yeah. frustrates me are those bearded tattoos, angry people telling people to, you know, suck, up, suck it up, do this, do that hustle. Grind. And I, I, it's good for moving. It's good to get started, but I just see it creating a very under underdeveloped individuality and causing a massive problem versus, you know, like I said, going from a loving, you know, loving aspect of, of really finding out who you are. Cause yeah. if I go into that stage, I'm blocking myself from really uh, seeing the true me. And I could stay in that illusion for a very long time until I'm, it drives me to, to a nervous breakdown, you know? Yeah. And I can say for myself that I've definitely been there. I've been in the masculine, like there is yeah. no tomorrow. Like, and I think it's, it's, it not to take away from the, from yeah. the men who are going through this, but I think it's in our culture, this toxic masculinity has been um, a way to like hook men, but then also drag women into it. And more so it will hook you into the matrix like the more you are in this culture of the hustle for men and then worse for women, then the less creative. And I think that the more I've been able to get in touch with my own femininity and with my own feminine power, I've been able to get more creative. I've been more expansive. I've experienced more intimacy. I've experienced more connection and a whole bunch of other things in yeah. other areas of, of life too. So Definitely understand Because what, what's the narrative? Like they're saying today, well, there's the pussification of men. They're becoming mannies. They're stay-at-home like dads and they're, uh, they're castrated. Right. So it's like, but, and I want, I, it's not even there's this happy me like to really be in the masculine is to be able to have the ability to care. You don't have to be like a Gerard Butler in 300. You don't have to be angry. Right. You know, you, in fact, I think, a true man is something where they're cool, calm, and collective, and they're able to be calm and cool. Just uh, and they they know when it's time to step up. Yeah, but, so that right. me as the female can actually show up vulnerable. So right, I right, right. Messy, so I can I can show up with all of my emotions, right? Because that's what the feminine is, mm -hmm. and so the man's got to be the grounded. And I and trust me, I. I went to Berkeley. I am like the, the feminist on the other side, or I used to be yeah. and, and things shift and, and move around. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's like picking sides. It's just like, but don't you feel so much yeah. more powerful? A hundred percent, but yeah. also not picking sides, but where are you on the spectrum? Yeah, 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 yeah. No? I agree. Yeah. And uh, I, so I think in the current, in the, you know, in my, in like to answer that question, the current atmosphere right now, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's, I think that's really important that it's like, wow, because you know what I'm saying? Because Nona, because you and I were there in the, mm -hmm. the hustle, grind, work hard, work Sundays, work holidays. Like, because mm -hmm. I want to know that I was getting ahead. If you mm -hmm. were sleeping, like I was, it was a scarcity mentality. It's like, when you're asleep, I'm winning, you know, like it just like, I was fight, I was fighting and competing with people who didn't even <laughs> <laughs> No, I was competing with them. And it was, 
it was invigorating. It was drama. It was excitement. You know, it's just in a drama negative type of way. And it was very, it, it served its purpose. It got results, but uh, to the, to the expense of what, you know, because right. uh, I was talking to Whitney, my ex, and she's like, wow, you know, and she, we're both having, living our best lives. And sometimes I tell him like, you know, what? I'm so sorry. Like sometimes that you didn't get this Chris, which I am now then because the Chris back then in my thirties, like if she wanted to have fun or had a couple of drinks because I wasn't drinking and because I wasn't having fun, yeah. no one around me could have fun. Come God. on. We're not on the mission. So it's like, I'm so sorry to get, cause you know, she, I sent her a video of me like four in the morning at this uh, Mayan warrior festival in my, in, in Austin dancing. And she's <laughs> like, and uh, she and she's just laughing. I'm like, you know, you never saw this side of me for 17 years, and it was always there. But I felt like I had to bring everybody to my solemn uh, funeral. Isk, like, if we're not on mission, then we're off purpose. And that was again a lie where I realized you could have it all. You could have fun. You could make a massive impact. You could make a shit ton of money, and you could have great times. You could be and just do it all. You yeah. know, and, uh, and I just, I didn't, I didn't realize you could do that because I felt that if I was, cause just think all the podcasts and all the memes there, or even when we would go to chiropractic conferences, everybody on stage was in their stage form it was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. Cause I knew everybody's back lives as well. It's like, they were just dripping it from stage to sound hard and motivating and inspiring. And it's like, you never felt you were doing enough. Yeah. And you were chasing, you were chasing this thing. You were pushing the boulder up the mountain. Oh. And, um, you know, when you realize you can let go of the boulder and it's not coming back on you, it's not yeah. even there. It's an illusion. It was like a cloud and it's like, boom, you wake up. So I think that's the evolution of, of developing and, be, and, and knowing yourself that we talked about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think that that morning routine and just daily study and awareness is what wakes you up to that mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to mature in those things and, uh, and yeah, so, so love it. So okay. here's the thing yeah. we're going to have to do part two and, and touch on, uh, sacred femininity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic masculinity, sexuality, and I, and your ayahuasca trip. I want to hear all about oh, that. I told you about that, right? Well, that's where I got it from. Like a lot of this, uh, feminine, uh, like opening up females. And what I mean, open up because I don't mean like open up her legs. I mean, that, that comes from it, but it's like. Figuratively, and then figuratively, you know, like if you look at women, they have guys. We we don't even understand it, but like for a woman to fully be open up, expressed, and confident is so powerful, yeah, so amazing, so attractive, so sexy, so independent, mm -hmm. right? Oh, and yeah. it's like, but society has done everything. They're either going to lump them feminists, or they're going to lump it. Like it's just distracting from all that, or making a woman feel shamed, right? And uh, yeah, I think that's a really good, uh, yeah. I think that's something because you have balanced it out perfectly. Um, if I think of a, just a couple of people really that I feel are, that, that express that, that would be you. Uh, so I think that would be very beneficial, but, but it's you because of a journey you went through. Like, so we went through it. You went through the boss babe fucking thing yeah. where you were like hustle grind and it served you. You did great. You know, multi-million dollar practice per year, part-time raising kids, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I can do that shit. And so like, but, you know, but then you're able to like, your life became more efficient, faster and least resistant. And you're able to be yourself more. So I would love to personally hear that story from you. Yeah, yeah. Another time. We'll have to, we'll have to converse mm -hmm. again. 
Um, awesome. So here, here are some really fast questions. Yeah, that I'll have. be fast. I promise. Okay. So like okay. one. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. I will be. I will. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Do you have a childhood nickname? No. You don't? Z. My kids call me Z. Z. Okay. That's cute. What kind of car do you drive? I know you've got like. Yeah. Five. Lamborghini. It's, it's, uh, it's, my, it's my dream car. Tell us about it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's I slept under it. I slept under that car and have my parents chase Lamborghinis uh, since I was four years old. I brought that poster to college. I brought that poster to my marriage. And so when he's like, get the thing, you know, you can't do that. You're a married man. And then at 35, uh, I got it. And so Uh, I've had two. Okay. Talk about the wish fulfilled. Um, What kind of student were you when you were in school? Like which one? Or what kind of student? Kyra school or uh, yeah, okay, so let, let uh, regular school 3.0, right? Okay. But then after I got sick and then I had a purpose and I got better through chiropractic, now I have a purpose. Yeah. So shit, now I'm gonna go save the world. So I was very good. I was I was almost straight A's in chiropractic school just because it's like like it was my th- like th- I had it, you know. Like regular, I was just going first, second, third, fourth, fifth. I was just doing school, but now I was doing school with an entirely different purpose behind it. So um, remember, we talked about you don't need discipline when you are when that the reward of doing that thing is the reward. So it made it very easy to be an A student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. What was your first job? Um, pu- uh, Publix was a bag Publix? boy. Oh, is that like a grocery store? Yeah, a uh, bag boy. Yeah. And I got my license. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> next question is actually, where do you grocery shop? Whole Foods and HEB. And <laughs> Jason, the farmer. I have a farmer that comes and brings all the grass-fed beef and eggs. Nice. And who has been the biggest influence in your life? Uh, me. Ooh, love that. Awesome. The, the, I, know the, I asked you this question before, and I don't remember if you gave me an answer. I feel like I would have remembered. But what's your spirit animal? I don't know a dog. Every <laughs> I, I, I know I go to dogs every time because like I'm I'm the dog, you know. I'm like loyal. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 protective, and I'm I'm a fucking good guy. Like I, you know, I'm I'm kind. I give people the benefit of the doubt. Like yeah, you could kick me in the stomach, and I'm still gonna be like. I'm going to forgive you. Like a lot of times people are like, how are you still in the relationship? Didn't you have a bad business partner? I'm like as a business partner. Yeah. He's an asshole to do business with, but as a friend, I love him. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm able to forgive because it's, I realize that if I don't forgive, I'm just drinking poison. So I'm not going to do that. that and that's true. a dog, right? You can beat a, beat a dog. Uh, not that you should, but the son of a bitch just keep on coming out. Like cats are very different. Right. So no, I, I relate to a dog. I could say lying and shit like that, but that's, that's the hustle. You know, it's like, I don't know, but like, I'm really a good fucking dude and uh, I'll forgive all the time. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. Okay. So lastly, what, give us like a little quick uh, synopsis of what is the most like exciting thing that you're working on and then how do people find you? How do they connect with you? Oh yeah. Most exciting thing is the the stem cells uh, in Cancun. And uh, now, and I, I mean, the, I mean, I used to joke around and say I take care of sheiks, and then we started taking care of sheiks, and then uh, the Your Highness of Abu Dhabi, the King of Dubai, entered, uh, and, and Abu Dhabi. They're about an hour apart, so now we opened up a clinic there, and then in the, and at the end, it'll be in Dubai, and it's just amazing, and it's a, it's very fulfilling, you know. And I like to deal. You're dealing with high-minded people. To me, it's a Trojan horse to actually sit and talk to someone when someone is a multiple hundred millionaire billionaire or like a chic, you know, these guys are trillionaires. Like they laugh at Forbes. The difference is how they think. 
And the mm-hmm. higher up you get, guys, the higher up you get, you the 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 uh your your okay, they talk like they're children. Mm. Meaning imagine not well, I think we should it's all like they're literally they're always looking in the top left to right because it's all imagination. Mm-hmm. And it's about whatever they could think, they know they have the resources to create. So I realized like, wow, it's all about, vi- and they all, they all talk about vibration, imagination, visualization, and they take pride in uh, taking care of their people the best. That's very Middle East. Hey, we take care of our people better than you. Like, so, but it, they're like children as far as like, wouldn't it be cool if, so they're always in imagination, visualization, and they're, they all talk about vibration. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so when we come here and you got the angry hustle grind, it's a contracted vibration. It's hard, but they laugh. They think they, they, they go, it's very cute because they think I, so if you have a billion dollars, it's because you think differently. So it's right. It's a Trojan horse for me to just sit in the presence of someone who thinks very different than me. And when you could kind of like grab onto that and see it from their perspective, it really, I mean, it's, it's worth whatever money they paid me for treatment. Yeah. I mean, like just the conversations and just to be in that vibration, I would imagine that that's incredible. Yeah. And then I'm going to start up the I'm Hero Project again, but it'll be a, high, a higher level ticket. It'll be like a, a hundred thousand a year, 25 people. And uh, it'll be, but we'll have four, like, uh, you know, now we'll go to Dubai, we'll go to get like, like we're just, you know, four things when you go out, but it'll be my, myself and my partner, Dr. Chris, he, uh, he'll talk about access and cultivating relationships. So that's what he is. He's the access guy in cultivating relationships. And I am, uh, I'll talk about health and mindset. So together and, you know, and we'll do it holistically. So it's just not mindset, but we'll get themselves optimized, get their body functioning correctly. Cause you know, when you're feeling good that when I say I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling good, I'm just consciously aware of the vibrational state I'm in. So people don't realize that when you're not eating well, when you're like, you're not functioning correctly, when you have subluxation, like your vibration is down again, we're talking about this vibrational thing that I found. We hear it in books and we read it ourselves. But when I'm seeing like you go to another part of the world and they talk about it like it's it's the thing. Real. It's so that. it's the thing. It's it's the thing. It's <laughs> like a just like a radio station I could tune in. It's like everything, if you have a desire for something, it's already created. All the resources are there. So they believe a desire is here. Then it just then we call it manifest, but it's just like it doesn't manifest like in a thin air, but then your spirit gives you the next logical steps to get that thing. So there is action behind it, but I, it's nonstop talk about that. So I'm like, okay. So I realized that the body, when the body's functioning better and you feel better, you're at a higher, higher vibrational state, you're able to expand and do what you need to do. Like at the end of this, like I'm sweating, right? Cause I'm a, you know, I'm a higher vibrational state after this talk with you. So I am here. So now I have access to all the amazing things. Here's another thing uh, I'll tell you they said, and I think everybody needs to hear this. We think we come up with an idea, like saying, hey, Nona, I had a great idea. Mm-hmm. They say this. Uh, one guy goes, I'm so thankful for the idea that chose me. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't believe they come up with ideas. They believe they're in a state and the idea chooses them. Right. Totally yeah. dis. See that? Think about that. Like you're in a state, now the idea chose me or the idea chose Steve Jobs to do this. The idea chose you to do this YouTube. I didn't think about this thing. The idea chose you, right? Because right. you were where you needed to be. So just thinking that, whoa, if I could get myself prepared in a frequency where the ideas are floating around, ex- you know, expanded ideas, and those ideas choose Chris, choose Nona, choose Bill, choose Seth. Like, again, it's just like, it, I'm sitting there going, 
this is amazing. So yeah, that's, that's what the I am hero, uh, uh, high level coaching will be. So it gives like we, like you and I were talking about, it'd be a group coaching. Like I said, like, I don't want to do one-on-ones. We talked about that, you know, it's just, a, but like, they're going to have to, you know, it'll be, it has to be worth the time and effort and experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be aligned with you. And so I love that. We're going to put all the links in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll be in the, in the show notes section on YouTube as well. Now I know you're pretty accessible on, on Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. popular on, on Instagram, but also super accessible. So is that a good place to like yeah, yeah, yeah. personally connect with you for people? Yeah. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause it's fast. You know, I don't even go to on Facebook anymore. Facebook feels like a third world country. I don't know. It feels like, you know, <laughs> so Instagram is great because another thing I do on Instagram, I mute, right? So I call my followers and I mute. So you're one of my, you're one of the people. Yeah. You're one of, you're one of my people. Meaning that guys, you know, you can mute shit. Like, or you can mute, you can select. So when you look at your feed, it could be just full of good, positive, good so stuff. Right. Good people that you want to, yeah, follow. Yeah. And, you, and your aunt who's always being a pain in the ass, you can meet her. You can still follow her, but you can meet her. You don't have to see any of her stuff. So, you know, I call it down. So it's just like, bah, 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 my distract. Cause I like to be distracted too. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the distraction, but wow. instead of it being hours, it's like five minutes. Yeah. Bathroom time. Done. Okay. I got my Nona fix. I got it. Okay, good. She's good. Everybody's good. I'm yeah. out. Done. Okay. And in that five minutes, he will respond back to you. I will. You'll be surprised, <laughs> but I, I may not get back to you as quick as you want, but I'll get back to you. I promise. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you so, so much, Chris, for yeah. on this show. We definitely are going to have to do part two yeah, and yeah. even get, this was like, you know, getting our feet wet. Yeah. 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 And then, and then listen, when you do part two, like you gotta, you gotta ask more provocative, deeper questions. I got a lot of, this was our first time. So. I know, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but like push, like, like a push. Cause you know, sometimes I'm just looking for an outlet to give myself permission to yeah. uh, let some things out that I may, not, people may not know. About, well, so. don't, don't you worry. We're going to get there. We'll, okay. we'll open that up. Awesome. Thank you again for um, showing up and giving me your time. And yeah, yeah. Always. Uh, but he's going to have to wait for part two. <sighs> All right. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Chris. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona. Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me. And Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.